You have now arrived at Stadium Engale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. It's your boy, 35, the All-American. And Dan. Fresh off the cocktail bowl, L. <laughs> uh, I'm not down and out. I'm feeling, I'm still, I'm feeling good, man. Um, let's talk about the tailgate a little bit in the weekend, man. Um, Dan, we didn't see you till the tailgate, so what you got into over the weekend, bro? Yeah, man, came up uh, Saturday morning. I uh, had a great time with you guys. Uh, perfect weather. Um, got in, what, probably around 10.30 or so. Hung out there until about 2.30, 2.45, walked over to the game. But we had a, a good time at the tailgate. Great spot. We need to be back there in the future. But uh, had a great time with you boys. Major Wright came out. Ahmad was out there. You were out there. Your parents were out there. A bunch of friends came by. So it was a, uh, definitely the place to be. And then I just, just headed back after that. Uh, I need to get back to Tampa down here and – just kind of hung out yesterday. Just got some stuff done. Uh, nothing too, uh, nothing too big. Had to recover a little bit from that uh, that L, but I'm back at it. Feeling like a bullfighter today. That's what's up, Black. What, what, what you got? You had a lot going on with Warfare and all of them. What you get into? Yeah, so <clears throat> I was part of uh, the Desire Cup this year again with Danny Werfel. Um, it's an honor to be part of that. Um, and what Danny does is uh, he does his Desire Cup every year, and he splits in half. Half of the guys, uh, the people, be from Georgia, and half of them are from Florida. Um, and then they have some, uh, you know, Florida greats like uh, Coach Spurrier was there, uh, Matt Laporta, um, a couple other guys. Uh, Tebow came and stopped by for a sec. Um, on Georgia side, and they have Champ Bailey. <clears throat> they have uh, um, some of the, their great players as well. It's not too many from over there, but whatever. Anyway, um, and we, you know, we just we have fun, and you know, it's it's like a dinner. Um, we have like a silent auction and whatnot. That was on Thursday night. On Friday night, uh, Friday, I'm sorry, was the the golf tournament. You know, I got out there and did my thing a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I'm, a, I'm one of the best guys out there, you know. You know what I'm talking about, Dan? <laughs> uh, it, no, nobody but nobody believes a single word you just said. I'm for real. All right, whatever. All right, so we did that. Um, after that, uh, that, that was a great time. Georgia ended up beating us in the Desire Cup and in the game on Saturday, but whatever. Um, after that, I went to Paul Feinbaum's show. I um, appeared on that for a sec. Um, you know, he talked about uh, – you know, our culture, when we played, how it was at UF. Uh, we talked about this year's team a little bit, and I got to mention Stadium Miguel, so that was a plus. That was dope, man. My phone was dope. blowing up, man. Um, I started getting notifications and people were telling me about it. Uh, got some texts. So that was dope, man. That was We was just getting into the city. I was pulling in Jacksonville, actually passing the stadium with all that was going down, man. So yeah, that was dope, dog. He, he gave me the opportunity. He, he threw the alley-oop. He said, tell us about your podcast. And I said, oh, okay. Yeah, he, he do he do uh he do uh watch my tweets too because he, he you know he know I be tweeting at him and whatnot. He say yeah, mine's kind of active on Twitter. So why you don't follow me? That's what I was asking. <laughs> you know, how you know I'm active and you don't follow me? So uh, yeah, that's a little bit weird. But what about you, Silk? What, what how was your weekend? Ah uh, man, it was dope, man. Um, I had a good time. Me and the wife. Uh, Friday night, she had to go. She didn't bring any sleeves, so we had to go do some quick shopping to get her some. Uh, some warm clothes because the weather was, was nice up there, man. Nice and cool. So uh, 
Friday night, we all hung out. Uh, me, Cam, TJ, my wife, and Ryan. Kind of, We had dinner. Then we went up to a rooftop bar. Um, the dinner spot was fire, bro. It was a seafood spot, man. Um, we had, like, fried shrimp and fish and all type of stuff, man, right there. I forget the name of it. Cam, you remember the name of it? I Cam. think it was called River and Post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's bad. My bad. Yeah, River and Post, man. Yeah. Um, it was good. It was fire. It was dope. It was dope, man. Then we went to the rooftop bar, hung out there a little bit. It was freezing cold, so I had Cam. to get up out of there. Cam, wasn't talking about no, no major strippers in there? We 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 we, we messed around. And left Cam there, bro. Cam had to hit home. <laughs> oh, yeah, my phone died. Yeah, like, like, Everybody split at the same time. His phone died, man. Cam had to like he had to figure out a way to get home, man. I'm a guy to Uber. <laughs> I had to pay some bartender to let me Uber off his phone to home. Good times, good. man. <laughs> yeah, man. But we had a good time in the tailgate as well. Like dancing, my parents came up. Um, the tailgate was fun. The lady that gave us that spot uh, already locked us down for next year at the same exact spot. It's a great location. So um, next time, same spot, man. Y'all pull up. We're hanging out. And then I got to see my grandma on the way home. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, that was dope. We definitely we definitely going to hit up that Airbnb spot next time. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, if Danny don't invite me, that is. Danny. Hey, it's hard to turn down Danny invite, man. Hey, man, yeah. you got, if you got Danny, nice... Danny take care of me, so if Danny... Yeah, I feel you. Airbnb, you know what I'm saying? If, yeah, we, if not, we booking that same Airbnb. We're going to get the whole building next time. We're going to hang out, man. Um, the camaraderie was dope. Me and Cam hung out with uh, somewhat my brother-in-law some type of way, whatever. Um, we all got late Saturday after the game, ordered some wings, just sat there and kicked it. It was dope, man. But let's get into this game, man. Unfortunately, we got to review the Georgia game for last week. Hit us with the uh, Georgia Pecan read, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, South Georgia Pecan, big shout out to them. Uh, anything you need. Uh, we didn't get to talk about Halloween much, but I hope you guys handed out your pecans for Halloween. Um, if not, you got Thanksgiving coming up, so that's your next big major holiday where you might need some pecans or other nuts for uh, for any special occasion. So give them a, a call, 800-732-732. 2646 again 800-732-2646 or hit them up at georgiapecan.com use the offer code SGP10OFF and then the number one at the end to get 10% off your order so um, we lost this football game 24-17 against Georgia uh, it started a little it started smooth and then it got clunky that first drive uh, we, we was moving the ball in there and then a little chaos started hitting us with, with penalties and, and delayed games. Dan, what went wrong in your mind overall in the game? Um, yeah, and then I'll let Black go next. There's probably a couple things that we can talk about. But number one is, yeah, that, that first drive was really weird. You know, you had you know, the big um, completion of Kyle Pitts, and then yeah, you're moving the ball all right. And then you had what, you had to call two timeouts within the first well, couple minutes of the game. It felt like the game just started off so slow because of that. Um and they just lost momentum. They couldn't get the run game going. You know, Kyle Pitts was your your main target, and he was running pretty wide open. But, you know, outside of that, they struggled to get the ball until, you know, to the end of the game, you know, to some of these other guys. So it seemed like the offensive plan just didn't make a ton of sense. Um, they put Emory Jones in for one play, and that play didn't totally make sense. Uh, they put Kadarius Tony in for one play, and he didn't go anywhere. It just seemed like the offensive play call just it, it, it seemed kind of put together – I don't want to say poorly. It just it didn't seem executed really well. And then on defense, 
you know, third down, you got to go back to third down consistently. Um, you know, that's, that's the theme of Florida's losses over the last few years is their inability to, uh, to get teams off uh, during third down. And so the fact that Georgia was able to convert as many as they did, I think they were, I don't even remember off the top of my head. I think it was 12 of 18 um, on third down. So uh, when you can't get another team off the field, um, you know, 12 times, you know, even if you get them off half that time, but Georgia didn't punt the ball until the third quarter. Georgia, just, uh, they didn't do anything special. Florida just didn't look prepared. A lot of stupid, careless penalties and, um, you know, penalties that weren't called that didn't go Florida's way and just didn't look like a team that was out there. And it definitely didn't look like a game that was only decided by seven points. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just, the whole game just really confused the shit out of me. I mean, we came in, you know, I thought with a, with a decent game plan. I went out to practice, saw them running around a little bit. Um, and you, we just couldn't get off the field on third down. And no matter how what the distance was, we could not find a way to get off the field. And that's what somewhat we, we've been doing well um, the first what, four games. And it's just like it's been a whole different defense from the first four games and the last four games, I feel like. You know, let's talk about the let's talk about the game plan a little bit. Let's slow down a little bit. We talked about the game plan. The game plan to me didn't look like a damn on the offense the first quarter. I understand like we went we've been pass happy a lot, but I didn't even see the the, the bubble screens or anything. I started seeing it late in the game and it was productive when we used them, but I didn't I don't understand our game plan in the first half to be honest with you. Uh, we we abandoned the run right away in the first drive with fourth and the inch. You abandon the run. If you can't get fourth in the inch, I mean, what are you doing? You can't get a shotgun to pass on yeah. fourth in the inch. That, that's crazy. You know, I mean, I know we know Pitts is a great player, but you put the, air, the ball in the air on fourth and one. Yeah, right. I mean, your quarterback's, what, six foot five? So you should yeah. be able to just jump over that, right, or at least and, lean into it. And, and a couple of times, get that push, then. when we get third and one, we're doing so much shit in the backfield to hand the ball off. <laughs> you know? I'm just confused. yeah because when you yeah, get that's what I'm hit, saying like yeah I just I think um is out of his element a little bit when we go past happy um because these coordinators are these these play calls are who they are they revert back to what they're good at and we those quarterback dies with with trash everybody was like what the fuck was that you know what I'm saying like we all felt that but that just kept reminding me like that's what he want to do. And he can't do that. So I don't know what, like, the game plan was a little iffy nah, to me. Gotta, I'm going to be honest, gotta, man. You got to understand, we yeah, throw empty yeah. in the game last year, and damn near throw a, a ball right over the head. Yeah, I didn't understand. A run. They put empty in the game for one play and run the ball? Yeah, I mean, or whatever. Yeah, I mean. and a play that you knew that they were going to run the ball on, right? I mean, Florida only had 10 rushes from their running backs all game. That just, yeah, that's, not, that's not a way yeah. to win the game. You can't, you can't win in this league if you don't run the ball. I don't care if you got yeah. Peyton Manning at quarterback. You're not going to win in this league if you cannot run the ball. Because um, what teams going to do is just rush four and, and drop everybody, drop seven. And it, see what I'm saying? It just makes the D-line job easier. Like, yeah. the D-line, those, those guys' job is a lot easier when they, they don't have to worry about rushing lanes. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think you just can't abandon – the, the run at all. Um, I expect us to work on that more this week. That's something else. But Todd Grantham and his third down defense was was a um, problem this week as well. What what do you attribute that to, um, Black? Um, I just felt like we was real, real passive the whole game, and all year long we've been putting pressure on the quarterbacks, um, get you know blitzing, 
And we know we can rattle this quarterback. We know the wide receiver is not good. Man, why the hell was we not blitzing? We sat back in zone, dog. When we play zone, yeah, we sat. We, we play in zone, and then on top of that, we play the zone. Y'all ain't running up, off the quarterback arm. Everybody standing in the fucking. Yeah. I'm not bad, bro. <laughs> cut that out. No, no, no. You good? You good? Yeah, no, don't cut it out. Everybody standing in cement. Everybody feet in cement. No, when you see the quarterback arm off the ball and you and the ball is thrown, that's why you're in zone. You're supposed to break on the football, mm-hmm. not see the man throw the ball, complete the pass, and then try to continue to, run, to chase the man. No, that's how we give up third and 14s. Third, you know what I'm saying? Like, we tripping, man. We out of we, – you're right. So we out of our element. Now, I might yeah. be a little bit rowdy, but that's that's bullshit, dog. What I seen out there was some bullshit. Yeah. We lost by seven. Yeah, we we we, we looked we, – we just looked out, out coach and outplayed on, on really both sides of the ball. And the fact that, like I said – that it was only decided by seven points is kind of wild. Um, you know, I also attribute that we weren't able to get to the quarterback. Uh, you know, Georgia has a good offensive line, but in both games that Florida lost this year, they got zero sacks combined in both games, right? So, and I think they have, what, 29 on the season, you know, outside of that. So, you know, Florida's inability to, you know, get to the quarterback and rattle from, I mean, he had all day to pass. Right. And, you know, he was putting the ball in places that, you know, you only can put if you have, you know, three, four, five seconds for the play to develop. And then what's happening is if you can't get the play, you know, or you can't rush the quarterback, then you're forcing these cornerbacks and these safeties to cover these wide receivers for four or five, six seconds. And like, no matter how good you are, it's still really difficult to, to guard for that long. So, you know, I, I, it starts there. It starts with, you know, I thought they did a really good job in the first half of, you know, stopping Swift. And we knew that he was going to get yards. But, um, you know, after that, that started to break down a little bit in the third and four, or the second and third quarter. And then from there, you know, safeties, you know, all of our safeties had, you know, big mistakes in the game. And, you know, that, that one on, on that 55-yard touchdown, it was at 31 that just kind of looked lost out there. I don't exactly know what happened there. But uh, it just kind of looked in all facets of the game that they just didn't have their, their head in the game. And that's weird for – a Dan Mullen team to not realize the stakes that were at play here. Man, yeah, um, another another thing too. Um, like we couldn't, we couldn't. Like, like, like some people are saying we should have blitzed more, and, and there was instant, instances where we did blitz. Like the last play where they won the game at to convert and get the first down, we blitzed Ventrell Miller. He got a like a clean shot down the middle. He just got to avoid the block, and he gets he gets picked up. You know what I'm saying? Like he came right. close to, to sacking from, but it just seemed like we could not get to the quarterback. Even when we sent people, that he was clean. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't getting to him. No, and that was just, like you cannot gotta, win if you can't. We got to do a better. We have to. Have, we have. To, I mean, I don't give a damn. Who guys got to win one on ones, black. We got to win one on one. We got to understand. One on one. I'm watching this game. I'm like, bro, this one on one matchup, bro. It's the same route, bro. That everybody watching it on film, dog. Every single person is watching the same route on film. They run a seven routes. They run an outbreaking routes every single time. Another mm-hmm. thing too, man. Like they gotta like we, we're far in the season. Um, like I think like a lot of this stuff being pacified, and, and I think like I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I think the coaches are being a little a little cautious about how they bench and how they play players. I think they're mm-hmm. trying not to make certain players mad. I think at this point in the season, man, you, you got. It's, it's out the door, man. You got to put the best know, eleven man. on the field, and, and right now, like they pick that first drive, they picked on, on on the star position bad, bro. And this, yep. like you're playing big boy ball now, all this rotation stuff, like we can't have that, man. Give me my solid guys back there. 
We got to have our best on the field, dog. All that rotation mm-hmm. all that, man, that got to go, dog. We, we duke it out in practice. If we go, if we mm-hmm. go, the best, the, whoever got the best we can practice, if you want to rotate, that's how who need to be in the whole entire game. Don't be putting certain people in, bro. Because people got a game plan. We know we know what's going to happen when you put certain people in the game. That's the thing, too. Like, bro, Georgia, I'm going to tell you what, they, 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 they game plan that game well. Because all our weak spots, even mm-hmm. if it was Reese, they would catch him in, in, when, when in man situation. Even with, same thing with um, the star position, they would catch him in bad positions, mm-hmm. third down. They knew they yep. could. They can make some things happen. They hit us in exactly where we had issues at every time. Shout out to our mm-hmm. run defense, man. Um, I think we came in and played stop run defense. We gave yep, Swift 86 yards, man. So I'm going to get them boys props on the run defense, man. And overall, like, I think my defense catching a little bit too much heat. They should have – you got to sure. get off the field on third down. But in this league, 24 you points is – You got to convert, man. 24 points. Though. Like, 24 points is not no – like you, that's not a shootout, and you know what I'm saying. Like, right. come on, we gotta be able to get 24 points, bro. Like, you can't have no defense saying, "Hey, 17 is all we can get." Now, if you can win like that, cool. But I mean, you're not winning with 17 points, bro. That's just not not in this league, not these days. No, it's uh, it's it's disappointing. You know, I I think um, you know, we we we've got to get we've got to figure out a way to get push right. I mean, Zuniga's obviously not healthy. He played. You know, most of the first quarter, it seemed like, and then it seemed like some boys is not healthy. On, that's that's the way it down, is for the right? rest of this year. Yeah, they're not. So healthy, he's not going to be healthy. Grenard's not healthy. He came off a few times. Uh, we've got to get pass rush from somewhere else, whether it's Zach Carter, whether it's Bogle, whether it's the defensive tackles, and we can talk all day. Everybody saw our defensive ends and defensive tackles get held. Besides that, there still wasn't enough push, and there wasn't. There, there just was no way that they would get to Jake Fromm. And Jake Fromm looked like a good quarterback when we know that he's average. All Florida really needed to do was just get a couple more plays where they could rattle him. Uh, and I think that, that that score looks different. But, you know, any time that Fromm needed to make a play, he did. I'll give him his props where he deserves. But at the end of the day, you need to get better on the defensive line and you need to be more consistent at the defensive tackle position. And then I need to go back to this. We've got to figure out this offensive line. We're nine games into the season. We've got three games I don't, to go. Uh, here's the thing, man. Like, the thing with the offensive line, I'm not even going to trash those guys. Yeah, they make it. You know what I'm saying? But we're not committed to the run right now. And, I mean, the fans was talking reckless, but this ain't got nothing to do with the fans. I want, like, sure. Dan Mullen got to keep running the ball. You know what I'm saying? Like, Running the ball is a mentality. Like right now, we're playing Vanderbilt. We should be able to beat this Vanderbilt team. Sure. Run the ball. Get better at running the ball. And I just that's it's a mentality thing. Like passing all games, finesse Big Twelve football. So you you can get a little soft. But at the end of that game, we start running well on them. And I just thought we got away from it. Even like like P. Ryan and both Davis, they they, they had some big runs. They made some guys miss. And they had some like decent runs. I think we just abandoned it way too much, man. And that was like, that was, that, that's what bothered me more than anything. We ran it halfway decent and, and that, when we needed it. We did. Right. Uh, and, and I'm not even gonna say it's on the. I'm not even talking about the run defense or the, the run offense. You know, we obviously didn't give it enough shot. I mean, you know, uh, P. Ryan was going over four yards a carry. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you just didn't give him enough, right? I mean, you give him the ball three times every, you know, every, you know, three downs, and that's a first down, right? Um, I'm talking about, you know, some of those those blocks. Um, 
you know, from Forsyth, from Blake, and, you know, that, that play where Trask, you know, had to get rid of the ball where he took that 19-yard uh, sack was you had. You just can't take that. You can't do right, that. That's it's big hole football. Uh, that was crazy. We were, we were just throwing blocks out there and just standing around. But you so. got to eat that. You got to eat the, the two-yard sack that it was the first time or throw it away. You can't. You can't. Oh, Absolutely. You can't be running back with 20 yards, man. Like, you lose field position. You're out of – like, it just ruins everything. The, the yeah. other big thing in this game – you got to go ahead, Dan. My bad. You, you can keep going about this game. I, I've got a, a thought at the end of it, though. Okay. I think one of the other things, too, a lot of people had a gripe about uh, is the, 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 the clock management towards the end. You know, I think, Dan, we spent way too much time. There was no sense of urgency, and I think the clock wasn't on our side. I think if we score quicker there, we don't have to burn timeouts like that. We get, like, at least two series to try to get Georgia off the field instead of just one because we had two timeouts. So I didn't like the clock management, man. What you feel about that? It was really no sense of urgency. Yeah, I, I, I think we had terrible clock management. Um, you know, I was hoping to, to put the ball in the end zone and take more shots um, when, we, when we needed to. I don't feel like we took any shots either, man. You know, we we, we took a, a few, but, yeah. but we got to try them, man. We 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 got we got receivers that'll go get the ball. We got big receivers, and I feel like we don't take shots, or, you know, or none of that, man. We got people that'll run straight by you, you know. And I just feel like we being too passive. I mean, do you think we took one more? Hold on, do you think we took more shots with Felipe? For sure. Definitely. Okay. Sure. That's what, and that's the difference. That's what I've been telling people. That's Definitely the difference. Sure. They trust. They trust Felipe's arm more. And I, I, it's obvious in the play calling. Like Trash is killing the slants and the cross routes. He's checking down good, but we're not taking the deep shots. We're not. We're not as vertical as we were with with Franks. And there's a lot of times too where like we go empty set and the quarterback draw is there for the taking. Like you, you look at it, you pause your screen. We went empty set sometimes. The draw was just there like it was for when we played Michigan in the bowl game. You just snap that and run straight forward. You know what I'm saying? But we don't have the athlete at quarterback, so that's just hindering some of the play calling. And I just think until we get a mobile quarterback that can really run this offense, we're not, we're not seeing what we, – we know what Dan want to call. We're not seeing that, man. But he's making he making do with what he got. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he's definitely progressing, guys, and, and getting play, players better. He's he's good with you know uh, the the player progression. Uh, he does get players better, but I mean at the same time, dog, we we got to step it up, man. We got to know, you know, a sense of urgency. We got to know what we playing for, you know. And, I just think like even the, like like I'm saying that same set that he had. You like when you had Leak and Tebow, I think we got to at least get Emory more snaps. That's what I'm saying. Like we have like, to. I don't want to. They got to get him more snaps to run what we want to run right now because like nobody's respecting that. Trask as a runner, man. So we can't sit back and just pitch the ball all game. So that's what I want to see Vanderbilt game. I just want to see, I want to see more Emory, bro. Yeah, I, I just, I just feel like, I mean, look, look at the last year game. I hate keep hate to refer back to that game. Emory got way more snaps last year. Remember that? That's that was yeah. like his coming out party. He came in and threw a deep ball and got a pass interference call. That should have been a touchdown or uh, yeah. a, a deep, a deep catch. I mean, we ain't see none of that this game. I mean, we. I'll put Emory in there, run the ball, put him back in, now play action. Or, or I'm going deep. Because they're expecting to run. Man, you got to outsmart these people, man. If I see that from the sideline, I know Dan got to know that. He got to. Yeah, I, mean, I think we let one get away. Um, I don't think that, that was a better football team than us. I don't think we played 
to the best of our abilities, man. Mm-hmm. Are they a good football team? Yeah. But they didn't show me anything. We played, like, complete shit and lost by seven points. We shouldn't have been in that game. So we hung around. We drove the ball on them. And then we were just malfunctioning and and shoot ourselves in the foot. So I just think we we beat ourselves a little bit. I think it's a learning lesson. I just want to see these guys bounce back and finish their season and get a New Year's Six Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this, this season's not a wash. And I don't expect them boys to go lay down. I expect them boys to come out hot. And I want to see both of my yeah. quarterbacks. I just want to see Emory Moore. I, I think we do need Trask. You can't go away from him because he, he he moves the ball. Like, he, he makes things happen. But we need we need some run presence from the quarterback spot as well. So, we got to get five more involved. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this is the time when you do that, right? Um, you know, I was going to say, you know, before we got into that discussion there, so because – you know, last year we let Georgia beat us twice. And, you know, that Missouri team that Florida lost to last year is better than this Vanderbilt team. Um, you know, and I don't really see a way that Florida loses to Vanderbilt. But you can't let this hangover continue. You know, Florida still has a lot to play for. They can still be a 10-win team in back-to-back seasons, you know, for the first time in a while. So, you know, you've got to come back, you know, for this game. I know you still have a lot to play for. Uh, but like you said, this might be that time that you start to see a little bit more out of that team. You know, they're not, they're not going, you know, to you know the college football playoff unless you know something crazy happens so you know this is your opportunity where you should be able to beat Vanderbilt you should be able to beat Missouri and you should absolutely be able to beat Florida State so now you give some of these other guys you know now that this is when you start to talk about you know potentially burning red shirts and things of that nature like with Diabate and some of these other guys making sure that they're getting the playing time that they need to make sure that they progress. And like you just said, we you might, you know, might need to give Emory Jones some more, you know, time, you know, depending on Florida situation on, on uh, Saturday, I'd like to see him play, you know, 30, 40% of that game. I'd like to see him run this offense. I want to see Absolutely. him get passes, but we, we can't just hope that Emory Jones, when it's his time to be called, that he's going to magically be this like game ready player. You've got to give him that opportunity now. Yeah. Let him grow. That, Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And you yeah, know, that, gonna this be is smooth where the when you get out there. Yeah, you just yeah. he needs he needs right now a game time experience, man. Like we need this is prep for our run next year. We could win the rest of our schedule we could beat with playing both of those guys and, and getting and getting those guys some minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like I think who do you see emerging? Uh, what young guy cuz I mean this is time of the year where, where you start seeing the young pups start getting a little bit more burn in, in the blowouts and whatnot. This is 28 yeah. fa- point favorite game. Um, who you see emerging on the rest of this way, man, that, that kind of coming on now and that may uh, be a starter by the end? Uh, I don't know nobody emerging right now. I want to see some of them young DBs. I want I want to see 25 get out there and run around a little bit. I want to see Jay Hill run around a little bit as well. Um, that's who I want to see. I want to shuffle that shit around a little bit, you know, if, if we get up, you know, on some of these teams because, man, we – so I'm got to give, man, and and this was. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Our secondary, I don't think they didn't look like they were. You know what I'm saying? Wanting to hit nobody Saturday, dog. I'm just, that's and that's, that's how I feel. Dog. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what it is. Like they'll tackle you, but it ain't like nobody want to go lay some shit out. Oh, and also when a man is close to the end zone, you cannot, and I repeat, cannot go low and try to hit his legs, dog. He was gonna slide right on top of you and score a touchdown, bro. You got to hit him head up. You got to square him up, dog, because you, you ultimately trying to keep him from scoring a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you almost giving him a touchdown by going at his at his feet. Why are we we doing too much ankle biting, dog? We got to go some hit some people in the mouth. Yeah, I, that's why I, I want to I, 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 I need one thing, bro. I'm hitting somebody in the mouth. 
and all that ankle biting and all that, man, you're gonna tighten up because yeah, half half the battle of making a tackle is is wanting to make it. And, I, and, and so you're right. I don't think we want to make some of them. There's there's not a lot of players I want to hit on this team, right? Uh, there's a lot of finesse. There's a lot oh, of guys. Seem, yeah, it seems like a lot of finesse, man. It just doesn't seem like anybody wants to to make those, you know, those major right, those Will Hill, you know, Ahmad Black, you know, Reggie Nelson. I mean, have, have we seen any of those hits? Right? Have no. we seen any of those hits? We haven't seen that, man. It's like you're talking about well into the season, this thing's winding down. I haven't seen nobody lay lay any wood. Pause. You know. Hey, Amal, give us the word of the week, man. Then we're gonna do this Vander, Vanderbilt preview, man. All right, the word of the week, the word of the week. Dan, you ready? You ready, Dan? Already, already. Word swing, <laughs> swinging, Dan. Boys out there swinging. <laughs> yeah, boys out there swinging Saturday, Dan. Um, I see. I was gonna say fighting, but it's it's probably not that. Um, I think you got it, bro. I got it. Come oh, on, man. You yeah, said them boys swinging. They cheating. They cheating, Dan. They some boys swinging out there. Wait, so it's cheating or it's uh, fighting? Like, the refs out there swinging, man. They swinging for Georgia. Uh, oh, I can see why. You, I can see how. I can see how you say that. But I, I, I thought. I thought it was a fight as well. I'm with nah. that. Uh, so it boom. looks like it's. It looks like it's two cultured people versus one. Am I? I'm sorry about that. Yeah, you guys out there swinging. <laughs> <laughs> let me teach. Let me teach you what swinging means, Amon. <laughs> but number one, it's not swinging; it's swinging. That's the one. Swing, swinging or swinging? Swinging, man. The boy swing. Swing. Okay. All right. Like swag, but aim. You know, swing. Yeah. Refs out there swinging, man. We got it. Yeah, there's there's some weird missed calls, man, and I'm not going to get onto it just because I don't think you yeah. know Florida was able to get away with some some calls as well. But that touchdown or that that catch where the ball hit the ground, I'm I not think that's terrible from us too, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you watched. No, it, when that happened, like we, it was just so many bad calls, man. That I was just like, there's no way. Like even on the like, we, I criticized the fourth and the inch, but Kyle Pitts got mugged on that. You no, know? and they, the whole game, what they were doing was they would wrap our body. And yeah. they fought themselves with the opposite hand. That's a flag. You can't. That's a flag. They did that all game, bro. They was they was time towards the end of the game. Like, yes, sir. Um, but I don't, they, I don't they like blaming refs. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't either. There was, you know, and like I said, it happened. Florida had, you know, their offensive line was was doing a lot of holding as well. But there was a couple of times that I saw pictures after the game. But you could tell, you know, where Schuler's pads were literally like above his helmet. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. They're, they're, they've got to do something with these refs, man. It wasn't just this game. It wasn't just Florida's games. It just seems like refereeing this year in the last couple of years has just been so off. And I don't know if it's because the game. They, they, the, the preview of the, the catch goes to the office. That's yeah. what I'm confused at. Like, the preview of the catch goes all to all. It's not even up to the refs. Like, that's weird to me, man. Yeah, um, man. Oh, I don't like blaming refs. Brown, Brown and he bobbled it again, like. Clearly telling he you never had control. He's he he bobbling did. it right now. He bobbling yeah, it the, the, right, right now. now. I promise you. All right, man. Let's get to this Vanderbilt um, preview. Brought to you by Gator Kicks. Uh, hitting them boys up. They just sent me a little package. I don't know what's in it. Probably some. Um, if it's a my black face, I'm not wearing it. Just to let y'all know. You know what I'm saying? That's my dog. <laughs> but I'm not walking around with him on my my chest. Nah, you can wear it, dog. Nah, I get it, my pops, bro. He'll wear it, but I ain't gonna nah. wear it. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? But shout out to Gator Kicks, man. It's probably some uh, either your your stuff or, or Brandon Spikes, the legendary gear. They do they do shoes, customized Jordans, customized Air Force Ones, anything you need. Hit them boys up. Uh, they can give you some inspiration, or you come up with your own ideas for designs, and they'll make it happen. Huh. The Gator Kicks. They're on Twitter, website, Instagram, all that. Vanderbilt, the Commodores. We want to see out of this game, man. Um, my man Derek Mason is on a hot seat, which I think is a terrible for um Vanderbilt. I think he's a good coach. I think they um if they go looking for a coach and get rid of him, they're gonna be doing themselves no justice. Thank but how you feel about this game, um, Dan? We're favorite by twenty eight. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're very good. Um the most points they scored was against LSU. They scored 38, but they lost 66 to 38. Outside of that, they've really struggled to put up points. They lost to South Carolina 24-7. Uh, this past weekend, put up 189 yards. They don't have an offense. Um, their defense has given up a lot of a lot of yards to, you know, compared uh, to before. They're giving up, gosh, what, 500-plus yards a game now on offense. So this is the opportunity for Florida to kind of figure out what they're going to do um, on offense, I want to see us get the ground game going. I want to see us stop them on defense and tighten that up a little bit. I want to see us get to the quarterback. But like you guys said, I want to see some of these younger guys. I want to see 25 and five out there a little bit more. Uh, you know, I want to see, you know, maybe some of these freshman offense alignment, you know, get, get some play. And then at the end of the day, I want to see five, you know, a quarterback. I want to see him get some, some burn as well. But, you know, I just want to see a good, clean game. It's a noon game coming off a loss. Uh, you know, I want to see the team hyped up, ready to win. You should blow these guys out. I mean, 24 and a half point favorites. I think it opened up at 26, but there's no reason why Florida shouldn't beat this team by four touchdowns. I just have to see more want out of them to win this game than I saw uh, against Georgia. And I think that they will. It's just, Man, it's it's. it's I think, man, I'm not gonna say they don't, they don't want it, man. I just think they could. I, I don't think that bye week helped us. I was saying, yeah, Black talked about this earlier. I don't think. I think that bye week hurt us more than helped us. For sure. That's what, that's what I yeah, believe. It might have, but this is my. I guess this is my biggest thing going back to Georgia here, real quick. Is like we looked so bad on the first drive, and I don't think that had anything to do with the us being off because that's a scripted drive anyway. There's no reason that you need to call two yeah, timeouts on that, that first drive. I mean, scripted or not, we were sending too many people out there. Like, they wasn't lining up right. Like, it was reasons. Like, it don't matter if it's scripted or not. Like, we wasn't executing out the gate. You know what I'm saying? Like, we started having issues and burning two timeouts. Uh, it seemed like it was a lack of focus there a little bit. And I think that bye week kind of lulled us asleep. And it was filling ourselves a little bit. That's all. Uh, I just want to see a clean game, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Definitely want to see a clean game. Definitely want to see us winning the trenches. Um, to get back to what we've been doing. We got to get to the quarterback. Uh, like Dan said earlier, uh, the two games that we lost, we had zero sacks, and that's unacceptable. Um, like I said before, uh, you know, the, the defensive backs work hand-in-hand with the defensive line. So, um, you know, as far as coverage sacks and, and intercepting passes because of pressure. So, you know, obviously we're not, we not getting pressure. And we can't guard people for forever. And and also, we got to get better on the back end. Uh, we got to understand, uh, everybody in, in, in <laughs> who we're going to play has seen all our film. And every single game, we get beat on outbreaking routes in a slot or 
outbreaking routes, period, dog. Clockwork. You know? Yeah, it's like clockwork, dog. Like who it don't, you know, no matter who we got in there. We 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 in the game with, with two getting beat on the same route. We start the game with 21 get beat. So I you know, I don't I don't understand. But you know, we gotta get better at that. You got you gotta safety help inside help. We're not zero blitzing nobody. I can just tell you that right now. So you gotta safety inside, dog. We gotta stay heavy outside if that's what we're supposed to do and on that on that play. Um I wanna I'm see that something. I'm uh-huh. not a big I'm not a big um person like for calling I don't like calling for people jobs and whatnot. But Larry English gotta get better. Uh, that position gotta get better. The recruit on that position gotta get better. Overall, the safety position needs to get a lot better. That may be the weakest position on the team consistently. Like it, it hasn't been good at all. We we, we have mm-hmm. safety holes on Kevin's rather suspension. I mean Stewart's back, and it's still like like it's still empty back there. Uh, we gotta do something about that position, man. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. This, for the past few years, the safety position hasn't. I mean, going all the way back to you know guys with McElwain, you know the safety position has not been solid, and we I don't understand why. When have we got away from that? You know, I can remember back to. I know, have an idea. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Specials, yeah, jeez, man, well, we got to get back to that. We got to go back to to hard hitting. Um, we got to have that alpha man, that, that alpha dog that we 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 talk about. We got to have somebody go in there and say, man, hey, listen, man, you know, we got to tighten the fuck up. I'm sorry to sorry, bro, but that's what we got to do. You know, they be they be out of position. Can't wait for the coach. Too. Can't like wait for something. the coach. Go ahead. The, the one the one play thirty one got be he looked lost and a little confused sometimes, yeah. even at the star position. Dean looks lost and confused sometimes, and uh, I seen Jacquez tweet it, and I, and I kind of just, I, I was I was thinking the same thing. Sometimes he just looks lost, like he looks lost. I don't know where he go, he's going. Like he don't know his assignment. Like sometimes, some place he's not guarding anybody. For sure, bro. So like assignment, like if they don't know what they're doing, then uh, obviously, you know what I'm saying, you can't get out of the, the film room if you don't know what you're doing. So like they're starting. Got to know in practice. They got to not be doing the right thing in practice. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way to get to the game and it look that terrible. It just it be like a totally different defense sometimes than what we did at the first four uh, games of the season. Nah, it's not I, consistent. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, man. They, 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 like, showing some flashes. Stewart's showing some flashes. They've shown flashes. I mean, even Dungeons kind of gets picks here and there. They, they're making plays, but nobody's consistent at that position at all. We, we we got we got to get better. We got to get better on our run fits. We got to get better at tackling. You know we did we doing a much better job. You know than we have before other weeks, man. But we just got to c- continue to get better and you know continue to get better and, and don't get satisfied, dog. Because man, we get, like you say, we're not consistent at all, man. And it's showing. And another what? person I want to see play too. Um, Richard Garage needs Richard Garage needs to start. Um, they need to figure out the rest of it. But when he's in, he's moving people around. I don't know if you don't know the plays. I don't know what the issue is or why he's not starting. But from what I see, when he's in the game, he moves people. He's not looking. He's not whiffing and just letting guys blow by him. So I would like to see Richard Garage start getting more more time. And maybe even start, like, slowly putting Ethan White in the game. Somebody else, man. I just want to see some, some fresh blood on the line, man. Try to mix some guys up. Because I think we should beat Vandy in the rest of this schedule fairly easily, man. Mizzou, Mizzou's gonna be a, a tough game, regardless. Yeah, I, just like think, I said, yeah, Mizzou's yeah. gonna be a tough game. 
I think going to Mizzou is going to be tough. It's going to be probably a little chilly out there. So we just got to make sure we go in and focus with them. Um, you know, I don't know, man. It's just They always got our number ever since they've been in the SEC. So, you know, I, I hate to say trap game because all, all teams in, in the SEC are, are somewhat respectable for the most part. But, <clears throat> you know, we just got to go in there and be ready to play. We got we to gotta execute and, and, like Dan said, be clean this week and, and go into Mizzou ready to play. Let's get Nick. Let's get Nick Delatore on here. Let's talk about this Vandy game a little bit with him. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Joining us for the third time on Stadium and Gale is a regular. We got Nick Delatore from Gator Country. Nick, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. Uh, ready for another week of football? How are you, gentlemen? I saw you were all enjoying yourselves in Jacksonville. We did. Yeah, man. How you so, hit me up? I check out my man Nick. My name, my man Nick hit me up. I was like, "Yo, where y'all going at? Where y'all hanging out at?" I tell him where I'm hanging out. He said, "Oh yeah, man, we already hit the Dave's place." I'm like, "What the hell you asked me for then, bro?" <laughs> I didn't know where you were. Jacksonville's a very, very large, you know, by space, by area, very large place. And then Blaine Graham, I was on the way to go to the tailgate after Gator Walk, and Graham goes, they're on the other side of the, the parking lot. And I looked, and I was like, that's a lot of shenanigans that I can get, <laughs> you know, get into and, and miss the entire game and then get fired before halftime. So I, we, I made the business Gra- decision to turn around. Yeah, we, we saw Graham right before the, uh, before the game started wearing his Kyle Trask shirt. Um, yeah, he was out there flexing. Yeah, he, yeah, he was surrounded by a bunch of females. He didn't want to. He didn't want to interact with us, so uh, but he was out there flexing real hard. But Nick, what happened on uh, on Saturday? Break it down. Tell us what happened and how Florida can get better. Um, I mean, I think I, I said this, and it wasn't popular um, on our website. I, th- I thought that if if Dan Mullen had won the toss, he would have elected to receive the ball, and you've got your your scripted plays, fourteen, fifteen plays, whatever whatever the case may be. You want to go down and you want to score. The, the objective was to get ahead of Georgia, make them throw the ball. You come into that game really worrying about that offensive line and the running game. Uh, they shut down the running game for the most part um, and just couldn't get off the field on, on third down. And to me, it was there was a plan A. And then when Georgia hit him in the mouth, went up 10 nothing. I, I felt like Dan Mullen never got, in terms of play calling, never got into a rhythm. Uh, it doesn't help when your your defense can't get off the field and your offense can't stay on it. Um, but I felt like he never really got into a rhythm. And it was kind of a weird game just tempo-wise with the way the timeouts and reviews and, and stuff was going. There was re- really never a, a cohesive flow to the game, I felt. And I think I even said that watching it in the press box. But I just felt like there was a plan A. And, there, you know, once something happened that didn't go along with that, there was no, there was no adjustment. And that's something we'd seen the coaching staff offense and defense do, you know, for the better half of two years. Hmm. I don't hmm. want to talk about the Georgia game no more. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I brought you <laughs> talking about it? the Vanderbilt game. Yeah, I'm over it, bro. Yeah, yeah I'm, 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 I'm going back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my fault. That's okay, Dan. That's okay, Dan. That's on me. Yeah, you got to stick to the game plan, bro. Um, yeah. So how you feel about the Commodores, man? What do you want to see? You want to see some more? We want to see some more Emory. What's your uh, thoughts on that? Um, I, I mean, maybe I, I don't think Embry is ready in the sense uh, as a passer and, and uh, he's thrown some nice balls, but I mean, as far as I've seen from, 
I mean, the limited, you know how much, how little we get to see in practice, but from talking to people that are at practice, from what I've seen as a pastor, yeah, he's better than he was last year. Um, and you want to continue his development. Obviously, you're not developing if you're only playing one game, you know, one snap a game. Um, I just don't know if that's your your best chance to win right now. I think Kyle Trask playing fine. Um, if you look at his stats, stats are up there with, you know, some of the best guys in the SEC. I don't think it's a, Kyle Trask is the reason. Now, if you're trying to say, hey, we need to continue developing Emory um, for the future, then yeah, I'm down with that. But if it's from the if it's from the standpoint of Emory Jones gives Florida a better chance to win, I don't think I'm I'm riding with that just yet. This is this is my opinion. I think I think uh, not having a running threat at quarterback is handicapping the offense. Uh, there's times where we're empty set and there's like obvious running situations where the box is empty mm-hmm. and we got numbers advantages and we're not taking advantage of it. And that's a key component in Mullen's offense. So I think I don't think I think both need to play. I think Kyle needs to play. Mm-hmm. I think it needs to be like a 60-40 split or 70-30 around there. I just think there needs to be more Emory for that reason because he's a running threat. You got to account for him in the run game. I think we're missing that element in this offense. We can't just sit back and pitch the ball around. I mean, I, I give Damo a ton of credit for being um, creative and developing quarterbacks. But when he said, at least this is the way I took it, when he said we're looking at uh, Tim Tebow, Chris Leak split, I went back and I'm going through, you know, like play by play. I'm like, Tebow played like four snaps a game his, his freshman year. It was just like kind of in big spots. If you're in a close game, it's third and one. You notice it more than, you know, when Emery's getting in. So I never thought that even after Franks went down that they would really use Emery that much. But 60-40 maybe, I, I think you have to, have to at least show that he can throw, though, or else when he comes in there, then you're stacking the box. And, and and that starts to take away from him as a runner, which is the biggest asset of his game right now. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. Um, what, what can, yeah. So let me interrupt you real quick. What, what can Florida do or, or what, what's your expectation out of the, the run offense for, for the Gators over the next couple games? I, I, I've really lost any expectations when, when we asked Dan Mullen about not being able to run the ball and uh, he might've been saying it because you're down 10, nothing. But I mean, like, listen, it, you don't you're down 10, nothing. It's two scores. You don't need to abandon the run. But when we asked him about it after the game uh, in Jacksonville, he said that was kind of by design. So to me, a lot of the situations you're getting into as well, third and one, fourth and one, and you're passing the ball. That tells me all I need to know that the coaching staff doesn't have, you know, faith in, in the offensive line or the running game, you know, you can say what you want in a press conference, but your actions yep. speak louder than words. And in those situations, if you're turning to throw the ball, also, I mean, your quarterback is six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds. If it's fourth and one, line up under center and, and challenge the five guys, <laughs> yeah, challenge, challenge the five guys in front of him. Say, hey, if you're a man, line up hat on hat. There's no zone blocking scheme. Line up hat on hat and push the guy in front of you backwards so we can pick up one yard with our, you know, our two hundred and forty pound quarterback. Not not catching a shotgun where we got to gain four yards a game. No, he, he he doesn't need a running start. Just let him fall That's forward. Yeah, like, I don't know. I think this week is the week we – I just I want to see more Emory because I think it's a team we can get up on, and I think it's mm-hmm. a perfect situation to get Emory some snaps because I, I, I'm just a firm believer in that, man. I just think we got to get some, some run, run game going, and I think Emory is the way to open that up, man, because we've been trying to hand it off. Um, somewhat this year. We abandoned this last game, but 
We're not committed to it. It's iffy. You cannot win the SEC, SEC or the SEC East if you cannot run the ball. I don't care if you got Peyton Manning at quarterback. We got to be able to run the ball. Kyle Trask isn't that good put for us to win on his arm. I don't know if you guys have talked about it, but um, I'm not in, th- in this episode. I've heard you guys talk about it before, but to me, a lot of times it doesn't seem like he's Emory's being put in like purposely. It almost seems like, hey, well, we had him scheduled to come yeah. in at this yeah, time. Yeah, it's like no rhythm game, to it. it don't and seem he comes like in, and you're looking at it. I agree. You, you, I agree. You look at it, and you're like, this isn't the time to put him in. It, you yeah. know, now's not the time. So it just seems it's, like there's not Every really, time they've chosen to put him in, it's been a bad time. You're like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, you kind of look like, why <laughs> is he in there now? I mean, well, and then, like, he, what, the one the what, one play he had in Jacksonville was right after uh, Pitts and traffic connected to like 59 yards on two receptions. The guy put Emory yeah. in on on second and ten. What? Right, and you knew it was going to be a run, right? I think it was an so, empty set. There was no yeah, so, I, I don't know. That that's that's a the one thing that I, I this season that I haven't quite understood. I mean, there's a couple things in offense where I just kind of question, but I'm like, ah. You know, I don't know nearly as much, but there's this whole Emory thing, and I just – I feel like this is the perfect opportunity to you know, unleash him for something, but it just feels very just weird the way that they've played him all season, and I don't think that they've prepared him in case of an emergency, and you've not you, – you No, but he's came in and a, he came in in an emergency situation and thrived a little bit there in the that, Auburn but, game. But that's what I mean. That, but, but I guess what I'm saying is, is it doesn't seem like Florida's using them – or using him in like a meaningful way. It seems like they're yeah. just like randomly using him, randomly yeah. throwing him out there, not giving him an opportunity to get into any sort of rhythm. Because I, you know, we did see him when he was in a rhythm. He led Florida down to three points against Auburn. But it just seems like this very haphazard, just kind of, all right, well, we said we were going to give you three plays this game. So uh, here's one, right? I, yeah, I, you, I, yeah. You, you say, you say, um, you know, I, I think it just looks predetermined. I don't think it, it's random. It's just kind of like, it's not within the flow of the game, but it's like you said, you know, hey, we said we're going to get you four plays this game, and, well, it's the third drive, and you haven't gotten one, so let's get you in there now. Yeah, I don't like the way that sounds. Let me be honest with y'all. That sounds crazy. I hope that's not what's going on. <laughs> um, um, Nick, what about, what about defense? What, what can we expect out of, out of them against Vanderbilt? You know, Vanderbilt's – pretty terrible this year they're normally pretty average but this year they're pretty terrible um what's your expectation of Florida against Vanderbilt and then um you know can you rely on, on anybody else but Zuniga or Grenard to get a push and get you know pressure on the quarterback for the rest of the season yeah I think you know Vandy's they've got skilled position players they've got a good running back I'm not sure who's playing quarterback this week I don't, I don't think they've come out and said that yet um Ty Grantham said they're preparing for two um, and then the defense is young. I do think the world of Derek Mason in terms of uh, being a defensive coach, and he's got a young defense. I think they're getting getting better. Um, Vanderbilt kind of always gives Florida a tough game, or, or a lot of times gives Florida a tough game. I know. I mean, Ahmad played on some great teams, and, and they had some you know closer than closer than you like games against Vanderbilt. I think. Um, better keep thinking. To me, it's just. You better there, you know, was that was that was that when Brandon James was returning? No, that was Tennessee. Nah, you guys blocked you a bunch of kicks against Vanderbilt. Yeah, you better keep thinking because he can get. Yeah, maybe I should stop. I should just stop thinking. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm thinking too much, bro. I'm just thinking yeah, too much. It, it was after you then. It was after you. That was my. It, that's it, when I started covering. It, 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 it stuck around. I think in like 2006 uh, game. 
Okay. A Cutler and shit, right? Yeah, yeah, Cutler. That was the uh, that was homecoming. It went to overtime with Cutler. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. No, that was the year. That was the year before. That's two thousand five. Year before. Um, but there's been some weird games. I think Derek yeah. Mason's a really good defensive coach. Um, and, and if you're gonna come into a game against the Derek Mason defense and and just basically say, hey, we're not gonna run the ball, we're not gonna try to run the ball, I, I think you're gonna be in for a long day um, on, on offense. So, like my folks said, I think maybe mixing it up, whether it's uh, the running backs, whether it's the offensive line, I think that I think Richard Garrard should be starting um, at left guard, said that. And, and you should and you should shake some stuff up on the offensive line. So, to me, it, it's a game that Florida should win. Um, to be honest, if if we're talking about the Gator standard, then not every time those LSU games and those Georgia games, not every time you need to win them, but those are the kind of caliber of teams and the kind of big games you need to start winning. And then you know, like Ahmad just corrected me. If you're that kind of team, when Vanderbilt comes in, you just handle them. You handle a young Vanderbilt team that's that's you know already yeah. taken some some pretty big beatings this year. You think we cover the spread? What's the spread? It came out crazy high, like twenty. No, it was twenty six yesterday. It was down to twenty four and a half a few hours ago. I don't know if it's moved since then. I don't know, man. I, I picked thirty four seventeen Florida last week. So what do I know about the spread? Yeah, you and me too, bro. Yeah, what do we know? They, they don't build they, they don't build palaces in the desert for being wrong. So if Vegas That's says right. twenty six and a half, it should be around twenty six and a half. So I used to man, you guys were low energy out, today, Stoke. Yeah, bro. Like we just came off a loss. I ain't I ain't I ain't terribly excited, bro. You know, I wanted that. I wanted to go to Atlanta bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we already had plans. We already I think about I think we from Tampa yeah. after the hockey game. Yeah, man. I think we let one get away, man. I think we came out a little flat. I don't think that bye we helped us, man. But I said I ain't want to mm-hmm. talk about Georgia no more, Nick. I just told you that. <laughs> um, the rest of the way, I mean, listen, uh, it you should beat Vanderbilt. Um, Missouri's had Florida's number. I, I don't get it. Um, but good news is Drew Locke's not there anymore. Um, that's another game, like I, like I just said, against Vanderbilt. That's a, not a very good Missouri team. You should go up to Como and you should beat them. And then, honestly, that's, that's going to be a really happy victory parade for the seniors with uh, that, that whatever is left of FSU coming in late November. I mean, I see Florida finishing 3-0 easily the rest of the way. And then you got to yeah. see how the chips fall when you talk about a bowl game. It's going to be nice to keep Florida State out of a bowl game for second year in a row. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm sure you Sure, you'll let those tweets fly, but uh, Me? I mean, no. then you, <laughs> but then when you look at it, you look at bowl game. I mean, if if you're looking at that, that's a ten and two Florida going into potentially an Orange Bowl. Uh, if you if you said that at the beginning of the year, let it come down in, here, y'all boys are kicking yes, me in I'm South trying, Florida. I'm bro. trying to yeah. get South Florida, but but, like, but if I always told you Florida's ten and two in the Orange Bowl before the year, regardless of not going to Atlanta, you probably think, all right, that's a good year. Yeah. Yeah, it makes yeah, a good I season. Think, like yeah. like you, you ten, eleven wins, like in what world is that not a good football season? That's a good football season. Right. But I want yeah, to be in Atlanta. And, and and that's the thing, right? I mean, it's perspective over everything, right? I mean, you know, we we had a, a close game against LSU. LSU is you obviously doing really well right now. Uh, and then you had Georgia within your grips, and I think that that's the biggest thing that, that Florida's starting to deal with, right? Um, you know, but you go 10-2, and two, you make it down there, whoever you play in the Orange Bowl, I don't know who that potential matchup is, but, you know, Florida can go 11-2, and two, have, you know, a 10-win season, 11-win season back-to-back in your first two years after a 
four and seven season. It's not not a bad way to uh, to to start off a career at Florida for Dan Mullen. You rather you rather a fan base be mad that you're going ten and two than be complacent while you're going four and seven, you know, six and six. Already. All right, Nick. We're gonna wrap up. Low energy show for you, bud. Um, I try. I tried to bring it up. Mod didn't even want to talk to me until I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I don't blame him, man. The rest of us are forced to talk to you. So, uh, Nick, tell us where they <laughs> can find you, read your stuff, um, all that stuff. Read me on GatorCountry.com and on Twitter it's at Nick Bellatory GC. Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. Gator Country mashup today, bro. We got Spider Gator on Country later. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, Spider um, on later. Talking Cruton. Already. Yeah, you're gonna talk reckless. I listened to part of your podcast today. He was he was uh he's he's feeling he's feeling it. No, he's, he, not, he's not. No, he wants to make some big changes out there. Uh, no. but uh, Nick, we appreciate having you on uh, again this week. Uh, you are our most recurring guest now, so it might be a few months before he call you back. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it to heart. I'll take it personally. You should. You should. That's it. That's an executive Dan decision. So. Uh, but we appreciate it, Nick. You're a good dude. Uh, we'll talk to you soon and uh, and have fun with the rest of your covering the Gators. Hey, appreciate you guys having me on again. Be easy. All right, man. Hold it down. All righty. Be easy. I feel like I've said that before in this show. Nah, damn. That be easy in one. Definitely said one. One love or just one? Yeah, do both. I think I've said both. I think I said one, and then you didn't understand what I was saying. So then I said one love. I was like, man, I should have just stuck to my guns. I'm trying. That was I was far less cultured by then, you know, back then. Now you swing. Yeah, swinging. The party was swinging, man. If I say the party was swinging. Swing dancing. They were swing dancing at the party. Oh, man, The party was swinging. Everybody was there, Dan. Next segment on our show is Deep Dive with 35. Uh, Deep Dive with 35 is always sponsored by Sean Gibson over at Gibson Dive in Detail uh, down in the, uh, the Tri-County area, Briar, Miami, Palm Beach County. Uh, give Sean a call for anything related to boat detailing, underwater haul cleaning, dive recovery, uh, anything related to your boat. Give Sean a call. His number is 352-514-1486. Don't live in South Florida. Still give Sean a call. Uh, who will connect you with anybody uh, in your area that uh, does anything related to boat detailing. Boat detailing, underwater haul cleaner, dive recovery. Give, give Sean Gibson a call, 352-514-1486. Uh, as always, these questions come from our Patreon account. Uh, we're looking um, to get five more folks uh, to, to follow us on Patreon before we do a uh, before we do a raffle to give away some some swag. Uh, so that's Patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash stadium and Gale. Uh, so again, all of these questions come from Patreon. So uh, Ahmad, the question this week from Patreon was, what was your favorite coverage to play and why? Uh, my favorite coverage to play at Florida or anywhere? What's the question? Anywhere. No, no, like coverage. anywhere. Um, I mean, because I play safety, so I mean, I, I just like to play man. You know, either man or, or, or like a cover three. I hate a cover two. Um. But too much, too much responsibility that comes too, bro. I mean, yeah, dog. Too many holes. It's too many holes. <laughs> it's a lot of field cover. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of field to cover. It's too many holes, and if you got a quarterback that can zip the ball, um, cover two could be a nightmare sometimes. Um, but also can be a hey, fact. My- What's up? Go ahead. 
Oh, so but uh, you know, I, I love playing man, um, simply because um at University of Florida we had two of the best corners. We had Janoris Jenkins and, and Joe Hayden. Uh, I came down on the tight end. Um, it was super easy. Boom. Then they made it my uh my senior year. They made it to where the linebacker covered the tight end, and and man, <laughs> I just had a back the running back out of the backfield. So that's probably why I had a lot of tackles for loss. Um, they switched the defense around and kind of catered to me a little bit. So that's why the numbers look sometimes somewhat lopsided um, as far as tackling and stuff because my senior year they made it all to what well I was the, the free man. Um, but yeah, I love man. It's my favorite. Pause. Uh, what What's the difference oh. between, <laughs> between cover two? For everybody that's listening that may not know the answer, what's the difference so, between so usually, cover one, cover two, cover three, cover four, all that? Because usually, uh, usually uh, the number is how many safeties you got deep, right? So you got to cover a uh, cover one. That's usually man um, with one safety deep. Cover two um, uh, is two safeties deep. Safeties deep. Cover three. Um, is one safety high, but with your two corners. So that's three with a safety coming down um, in the box. And you cover four, and it's going to be both safeties and your corners back. Cover zero, obviously, is a, is all man, and that's the bullets with no safety. Yeah. Pretty much explains it. Good stuff. So if, you're, if you want your next question to be on our deep dive with 35, hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash stadium and gale. Well, we get to some recruiting talk, boys. There's some some news out of Tallahassee the other day. Big Open news. Up a, just a couple That's not big news, boys. actually. It's not. We need no, to hear about recruiting. No, we talking about recruiting, bro. We ain't talking about. All right, all right. Yeah, all right. we ain't talking about Shade Tree Willie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so two two things happened since our our last show. Florida got a commitment from Mark Britt down in uh, South Florida, right? And then, um, obviously, with Willie Taggart no longer being their head coach, uh, we had Jalen Knight and decommit, a couple other things going on. So why don't we get Andrew Spivey on, talk to him a little bit about recruiting, and we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up with us at the end. Should be a, a decent weekend of, of recruits, man. Let's kick it. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. There is no guest of the week this week, so we're doing the recruiting segment brought to you by Brown Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, I'll let my man Greg. Mobile homes, real homes, <laughs> cars, bikes, anything you need, hit up my man Greg, 954-589-2204, big policies. We're hanging out with Andrew Spivey talking some recruiting. Andrew, how's it going, dog? Pretty good, my man. How you doing? We hanging out, man. Trying to see what's up this weekend. We got Vanderbilt in town. Should be some um, visits on campus, right? Yeah, a couple big ones, actually. Uh, recent FSU uh, running back decommit Jalen Knighton. And then uh, Mississippi State uh, running back uh, commit Jaquavion Marks. And then also uh, Little Henderson. Xavier Henderson's coming on campus this weekend. So three, I, I would say three top targets for the Gators. Um, and uh, Jalen Knight and that visit's got a uh, little bit of traction now. Now that he decommitted from FSU, it's a, it's a big one for Florida. We know they're struggling trying to get a running back. This could be the guy. Now, there's some smoke out there about him possibly committing this weekend. I've been here back and forth. I've been here two different things. What's your feel on him this weekend? You think he pops or is he a take? What's the story? 
Yeah, he's definitely a take. Uh, you know, I go back and forth on it. You know, I, I, he's definitely a guy who's got to make a decision here pretty soon. He's a December uh, signee, so he's got, what, a month and a half to, to go in this. It wouldn't shock me to see him commit, but then again, I, he's a guy who's already done this thing twice. You know, he commits and decommits from Oklahoma, commits and decommits from FSU. It wouldn't shock me to let him say maybe take a few official visits before this. We know Mullen's going to talk to him about that and tell him, you know, when you make this decision, this needs to be the last one. So it wouldn't shock me to see him take this process a little longer. Uh, but Florida's definitely going to push there. He's a take, and, you know, they would love to fill that running back spot with Jalen Knighton. Who else is Florida, who else is Florida competing with for him? Uh, really, right now, they're kind of competing against Miami. As crazy as that is, Miami's trying to get a little bit back in the mix for him a little bit. And then, of course, uh, you know, Florida State, I'm sure, once a new coach comes in, they'll go after him again. But uh, the competition's kind of weak right now for him. Everyone thought he was kind of locked into FSU. Florida kind of kicked the tires on that a little bit. Noticed he was open to things. And, uh, you know, it looks like now Florida's going to get that first shot. But uh, the two in-state schools are still there. Um, and obviously it'll be something to watch when Florida State gets a new coach if he wants to go back up to Tallahassee and, or whether or not he's already signed, still delivered to Florida. So Florida got a commitment from uh, Mark Britt over the uh, one on Friday. Uh, who is he? What can we expect out of him? I know he's a four-star from down there in South Florida. Let's say he's an athlete, but where, where does Florida expect to play him, and what should we expect out of him? Yeah, I was talking to a couple of guys down there actually in, in South Florida who played seven-on-seven seven with him. They said, you know, while he's a really good receiver, they think his best uh, – fit on the field is safety and he's starting to understand that a little bit more and that's where Florida ultimately sees him going and, and playing as a safety for them so he's a safety take and a lot of people think that he'll be better off at safety they think he's a guy that's pretty fluid back there with his hips and, and is also not afraid to come up and make that hit so yeah a good pickup and, and listen I mean a guy who could play receiver he's obviously going to understand what receivers want to do and what the offense wants to do so I don't think it's a bad move at all it's a good pickup to go with Richard Torrance, and then you kind of set your eyes on a guy like Avante Williams to really finish out this safety class for Florida. The, the one thing I will say is it's going to take a little bit of time for Britt to transition to safety. Florida kind of needs some guys at safety to come in and step up and be ready to go, at least to get depth-wise next year. Uh, so that's why Avante Williams is a big, big need uh, heading into December. All right, cool. Hey, Spivey, talk to us a little bit about you know who's next on, on Florida's radar uh, to commit, uh, or, or who are some of the players that we need to be looking out for, uh, over the next couple of weeks? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's at that time period where, no, you know, November, December, where you start to say, okay, you know, is anyone going to commit? They're going to wait to that early signing period. And, and that's, that's where it kind of gets up in the air a little bit. You know, we talked about Jalen Knighton. Would it shock me if, if he came out and announced the decision this weekend? No, absolutely not. Um, but he, he's kind of the guy I think right now that, probably most attention is on you know you you look at uh, you know a guy like offensive lineman Marcus Dummerville he's a guy who's probably going to wait for a while to to make a decision uh obviously Xavier uh Henderson's going to wait a while to make a decision so it's kind of one of those things where it's almost a wait and see until that early signing day with a lot of guys just deciding hey I've went this long I might as well take official visits and then you know have my hat you know show or whatever you want to call it on early signing day so it's it's kind of tough to say one guy will do that because right now nobody really has a, an announcement date to get that momentum going for Florida into that early signing period. 
Hey, uh, what's your opinion on Leonard Manuel? What's like his status with everything? It's been a lot of he's been transferring schools. Uh, I haven't really heard him a lot about him as far as recruiting. What's his status? Yeah, I mean, you know, Florida's continued to say they're going to they're going to take him in this class. Uh, everything we we heard down in uh, Strahan down there is he's been good ever since he got down there. He's been to class every day and. I mean, he's got six touchdowns in a little over four games played this year uh, down there for them. So, obviously, the talent's never been a question mark for Leonard Manuel. It's always been how will he uh, do in the classroom? Will he be able to qualify? And, you know, I, I still think that it's a, a very shaky that he's going to qualify. I, just, I don't see a guy who didn't go to class very much ended up qualifying. But uh, everything we've been told is he's going to class down in Australia, and, and Mullen's real, willing to take that risk for him. Obviously, that second semester in summer school will be big key for him but it's gonna be shaky it's gonna be close getting him in i i think it's better than Daiwan Black's chances to get in but it, i still think it's a little bit of a long shot do you think that that florida's learned it all from last year or do you how do you expect them to handle this year on these guys that are kind of on the fringe because florida lost what four players last year due to you know not being able to qualify so what are they doing? How are they precipitating that any potential situation? And is there anybody else besides him that, you know, Florida fans might need to be worried about? Yeah, I mean, right now it looks like just Leonard Manuel is that. I mean, obviously Mullen has continued to say, you know, he wants to take guys and, you know, we'll try to work through it. But everything we've heard behind the scenes is Mullen's definitely being a little bit more careful. I mean, you can't have three to four guys not qualifying every year. I mean, yeah, that's, that's on your 85-man roster that you're losing guys that – you can't replace that late in the cycle. I mean, when, when Florida found out the news of, of Hammond and, and R.J. Henderson and those guys, they didn't have a shot to, to land anyone else to get into the class. So they're going in this year, four guys, and then you talk about the transfers, they're, they're limited. I mean, they're almost a little bit on probation because of that. So it's definitely going to be more of a, hey, we need to make sure this guy's in, especially as it comes to February. A lot of those guys who are going to be shaky of getting into the class will be a guy who won't sign in December, will sign in February. And obviously, Mullen will take one or two, like a guy like Leonard Manuel, but I definitely don't see three or four or five, you know, even being that, that number. Again, I think that was more of Dan Mullen just trying to get that star rating a little bit, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. He wanted to get the momentum going last year. Oh, uh, do you think Tim Smith and Morgan Joseph round out this defensive uh, line class? I do. I, I really do. You know, I, I thought for a while Tim Smith was going to be the guy in the class, uh, you know, to, to kind of go to the middle of that uh, defensive line with Gervin Dexter and Johnny Brown. And, and, and now that, I, you know, you look at it more and more, Tim Smith's been a guy who's been on campus every every game for Florida, a home game-wise. So I, I think Florida's in a much better shape than Alabama has to keep him. And then, you know, Morgan Joseph was a guy I was kind of like, okay, you know, how much is he for real interested in Florida after decommitting and going to Florida State? But now with all the Willie Taggart stuff going on, and then Joseph was on campus for the Auburn game. I, I think things are legit there. Gervin Dexter's obviously working him hard. I, I wouldn't be shocked if those two guys didn't end up the class, and especially with a guy like Zacavius Walker or going to Georgia, most likely now. Uh, they're they're going to be pretty content with going with Joseph and Tim Smith. And You know, if you look at the class, you really can't complain. I mean, Tim Smith and Gervin Dexter are two of your best defensive linemen in the state this year. To get Absolutely. those guys on campus would be great. So I had no worries there on my part. And Morvin Joseph, in my opinion, is not a bad player at all. I think he's got potential to be a really good player. And you don't exactly need him to be a guy to play next year. You got Muhammad Diabede, you got Zach Carter, those guys that are, are ready to play next year. You can redshirt him, let him gain a little weight. That's something. It must be something in that Lakeland water. I'll tell you. 
Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna go ahead and get the people one, man. I feel real good about Brian Robinson, Spivey, uh, West Palm Beach kid, wide receiver, wide receiver, uh, Palm Beach Central. I feel real good about him. I think. I think he's a guy that is going to end up in this class. You know, I, I, you know, I've said for a while. I thought Florida had a good shot with him, and then every time he says he's going to come on campus, something comes up. You know, he's just one of those guys, and, and it happens every year. You know, it's one of those guys that if, if he ever shows on campus, I think he'll love the visit. He loves the coaching staff. He, he likes everything that Billy Gonzalez and those guys are talking about. Just hadn't found his way on the campus. Florida State was, in my opinion, the leader. Now that everything's going there wrong there, and I mean, who knows who they're going to hire as a coach? You have to like Florida's chances. Just get him on campus. That's my big thing. If he can get on campus, I- I'm with you. I-, I like Florida's chances with him. And I'll throw you another receiver. I like Florida's chances with Marcus Fleming, a uh, guy that's going to come on campus yeah. this weekend as well. I- wouldn't shock me at all to see Marcus Fleming in the class, uh, in away from the Miami class. Uh, I got a, I got a, I got a plug with the. Uh... Brian Robinson. Um, he'll he'll be visiting for the Florida State game on the official. His recruitment is pretty much us, Bama, Penn State right now. And like I, I I feel real good where we at, man. I, I think we keep him in state. I, I got you, man. We're gonna make this happen. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we know you're the plug. We know you're the plug. Yeah. I ain't the plug. I'm just That's trying right. to, you know, what I'm saying keep five six one in the swamp. That's all. Let me see what I can do, man. I, I, Brian hey. Robinson fit for Billy Gonzalez wants. That's for sure. It, it, the, the biggest thing for me with Brian Robinson is you need some dudes. You know, when, when you talk about the potential next year of losing Van Jefferson, you're going to lose Josh Hammond, Freddie Swain. Who knows what Trayvon Grimes is going to do? He could be gone too. You need guys like Brian Robinson and Xavier Henderson to come into this class and, and really be able to play next year with Jacob Copeland. I mean, think about what Florida has outside of Jacob Copeland coming back next year if those guys we just talked about left. Uh, how great would it be to be able to put, plug a Brian Robinson, a Xavier Henderson, maybe even a Marcus Fleming in with those guys? Darnell Washington, what's your, what's your feel on him? Pause. Say that name again? Darnell Washington, the tight end. Oh yeah, a big, you know, big fan of him. I, you know, I think that it's a, a situation where, you know, it, why would you, if you're Darnell Washington, why why would you not go to Florida? You know, if you're a if you're a guy who's a tight end right now and you're watching what Kyle Pitts is doing, how can you not be a fan of it? You know, I still think Georgia's the leader there, but I think Florida's slowly but surely uh, getting more and more in his recruitment. And the more Florida can use to Darnell, or excuse me, Kyle Pitts, the more Darnell Washington has to be impressed. I think it's going to go down to the wire there, but I mean, he's one of the best tight ends I've seen in the country the last five or six years. Absolutely. If it's if it's if it's not Darnell Washington, who could it be? Um, you know, Florida is is a little weak. You know, at the tight end position. You know, after the next couple of years, um, you know, who's that? Who's that next person that Florida might go after? Well, we got. Odom yeah, I mean, they're gonna. Well, right. Yeah, you I'm got Odom. Odom and his, but Odom's. Yeah. A, o- Odom's can't, can't forget about D. Yeah, yeah okay. I can't forget about D. Beckwith, the kid out of uh, Florence. Oh Alabama. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that kid. Florida loves him. He's a guy that plays quarterback in high school. Uh, you guys know I, I got the connects in Alabama, and, and those guys yeah. all say, why in the world uh, Auburn and Alabama hadn't tried to go get him to be an H-back for them? And, you know, he, in my opinion, and, and listen, Darnell Washington's perfect fit for Florida, but if you can't get Darnell Washington, D. Beckwith's the guy that can come into this offense and play and play a lot. I think he could easily come in and play as a freshman next year because he's a guy who's a lot like Kyle Pitts. You can split him out wide. You can easily put him in there in line, do some H-back stuff with him. I'm a big fan of D-back list. You don't get Darnell Washington and you're saying, hey, I have to settle with a guy, go settle with D-back list. 
Hey, he's a basketball player too, man. I like I like his game a lot. I think he's gonna be a big time college football player. He's a very athletic kid. What's your how you Absolutely. think? Uh, what do you think the the uh, AR Anthony Richardson, the quarterback? What do you think his maturation process like? How early do you think he gets on the field? Yeah, you know, I he's first of all, I think he's got two years to to really sit. You know, you you think Kyle Trask is gonna you know be the guy next year with Emory, and, and then you know you would think that the next year Emory will be the guy. So you really have two years. But for me, the biggest thing that I've learned from uh, AR and Anthony is his ability to to learn from year to year. You guys go to Friday Night Lights like we do every year. If you yeah. watched him before his junior year and then before his senior year, he is mountains better. He is so much better. You know everything Brian Johnson and those guys have talked to him about working on. He's gotten so much better. I mean, and people say, oh, well, his completion percentage at Eastside's best. No offense to anyone at Eastside, but he's not exactly playing with the best competition and the best players around him. He's he's a guy who's almost doing it by himself. I, I really like what Anthony Richards going to do. It, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is his ability to learn. I, I just I, I, that that part of Anthony Richardson's game is something I respect, and I think that that'll make him you know be a really good player. Right, now, out of the trio in Florida, um, I think he out of him, Jeff Sims, and um. The guy that went to Georgia. Yeah, the guy Carson that went to Georgia. Back, yeah. Hey, don't say his name. The guy that went to Georgia. Uh, <laughs> those are the big three guys in Florida. What, what do you think? You're, what's your pecking order with those three right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I, I, I like Carson Beck's game. But I just – it never seemed like a fit for me. Well, how does Carson Beck really fit into Florida what Florida wants to do? I, I just don't see it. I mean, you know, a lot of – and you guys know this. I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know, but a lot of being a good quarterback fit in the system. And, and what Anthony Richardson does is identical for what Dan Mullen wants to do. Um, I like Justin's game too. And I, I think he'll be successful at, at Florida State for sure. I would put him number three on the list just because I think Anthony Richardson and Carson Beck are a little higher up there. And don't get me wrong, I think Carson Beck will do fine at Georgia because he fits what they want to do. Nice. Spivey, when it's all said and done, where do you think the Florida's class is going to rank nationally, and how many people do you think they have in the class? Or, you know, I don't know if you want to start naming names of some people that might be in the class as well. Yeah, I mean, and this is where it gets tricky. You know, everyone wants to say, well, Florida has 27 to 28 spots. You know, can we realistically think they're going to 27, 28? I mean, possibly, but we all know that you're not just going to waste scholarships to waste scholarships. I don't think they get to 28. I think it's 25, 26 in that range. Uh, and I'll throw something out there. I think the class looks a lot different uh, when it comes December and, and even February. I think some guys that, you know, we're not talking about could potentially be in it because I think Dan Mullen understands it's time to step it up in recruiting and it's time to get better in some positions. And it wouldn't shock me to see another offensive line name pop up as well. But I would say they're probably in that 7 to 10 range uh, when, it, when we were all talking about it. I mean, we named a guy like Tim Smith. What would he do for this recruiting class? He'd jump it up a ton. He's a you know high four-star guy. You know, you talk about a guy like Avante Williams, um, a guy like Xavier Henderson or Brian Robinson. All those guys are going to take you up, uh, you know, a notch in, or two in recruiting. So seven to ten is where I would expect. Next year is the year that I think Florida should compete for a top five class. Interesting. Uh, this is the year. What do you think they're going to do? I guess this is my final question. What do you think they're going to do to try to shake it up on the recruiting channel? I mean, Dan Mullen's never been, you know, a huge recruiter. It doesn't seem like really anybody on this class or on the staff is, 
you know, are exceptional recruiters. I think you have a lot of good recruiters. What do you think that they're going to do to potentially shake that up to be able to get, you know, up to that top five, you know, class? You know, I'd be lying to you guys if I said I expect changes on the staff because, you know, Dan Mullen has shown he's a loyal guy. And I'd be lying to you guys if I said that. But does he need to make changes? Absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to name names. There's no reason to do that. But we all know who the the weak links are on this staff that are the really weak links. And, you know, I'll say this. Running back and tight end coaches should always always be two of your best recruiters on staff. I think that's a little lacking for Florida right now. And um, I think that's something that has to be addressed. You know, I think what he's done uh, on the off the field recruiting staff, you know, guys like Kiwan Ratliff and, and Jamar Chaney, those guys, I think they're doing really well. Uh, but at the end of the day, they are what they are. They're off the field recruiters. They can only do so much. You know, you, the guys aren't coming to Florida because of Kiwan Ratliff talking to him in the off the field role. They're coming for their position coach. And I, I definitely think that, you know, come December, Dan Mullen's got to look in the mirror and, and kind of think about things. This isn't Mississippi State where three stars can be developed. I mean, no offense, but you know, these offensive linemen that you know Florida are getting just aren't getting the job done. You, you don't have time to develop a three-star. You, and we, we all seen that on Saturday. I think the biggest key for Florida on Saturday, they just weren't tough enough against Georgia. If you had some offensive linemen that could lean on them and, and push guys around, that's a difference. And, and that's a big need that's something that has to be changed for Florida is getting some guys that are recruiting these these dudes. Uh, four stars, five stars. Uh, you ask Ahmad Black besides you what it's like to play with four or five stars you need those guys to be able to play in big games like georgia absolutely yeah all right spivey we appreciate having you on buddy why don't you tell everybody where they can follow you and read all your stuff and and plug yourself a little bit yeah we we always appreciate that yeah gatorcountry.com you find myself and Nick, we, we do our little podcast. We try to have a little fun with that. And then uh, at Andrew Spivey GC on Twitter, follow me there. Uh, I, I'm not as good as you guys with the takes on Twitter, but uh, every now and then I get a little fired up. Okay, <laughs> man. You, got, you got enough takes. It just, it, it just takes practice, man. Dan I'm used to be lame on Twitter, I'll give you some lessons. Uh, no. hey, I, I'm, all for, I'm all for lessons. I took some heat on Saturday when I said, listen, for it just needs to uh, increase that talent gap a little bit. And people got mad at me, but you know, hey, I'll take some lessons for you guys. I, I mean, you can always, ain't that, never, never wrong with, with getting better talent. So yeah, we do need to get better talent. That's a fact. We need to upgrade our defensive tackles. We need, we need to upgrade a lot of stuff. You're right. I think we don't have- Here's the I last think, thing I'll say. I, I think we need Dewan Blacks and Derrick Wingos and Hoppers out there running around in the linebacker for this shit to work. Absolutely. This is one thing I'll say before I get off here. I, you know, everyone asks me, is, is Dan the guy for the, for this job? I 100% believe Dan Mullen's the guy yeah, for this yeah. job. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. I think, that, you know, every coach needs some adjustments, and, and he needs some adjustments. But like you said, you need some dudes running around this. Um, you know, I, I made this comment. I made this comment, and I'll ask you guys this, and I'll leave it at this. But who's the one guy on this team that you really fear? I don't know if there's an answer to that right now. Right, right. All right. Sorry. There you I'm go. Saying, well, I appreciate it, guys. I'm going to tell you who I feel he ain't on campus. That's Gravon Dexter. That's a scary motherfucker, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah. He will true. be for sure. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. That's a scary uh, Anytime, day. guys. But you're right. No right we appreciate it. Hold it down, Spivey. Appreciate it. We'll talk, we'll appreciate talk it, guys. Soon, and for that matter, nobody on Georgia scared me either. So I don't know, like, what, what are we talking about here? 
trying to George to scare you. <laughs> like, just think about it. Like, I don't like. By yes. the way, Silk, I, I heard you. You, I, you, you. you threw that little line in there about how I used to be lame on Twitter. So. I heard you. You, know? you did, bro. I mean, hey, you're not lame no more. I said used to hey, be. Well, here we you know are. What I'm yeah. So, so, so when you say when you say used to be, that was before the goals or after the goals? Way before the goals. <laughs> oh, Way yeah. before that. <laughs> Way before. Oh man. Before we wrap up tonight's show, uh, if you're in the Tampa area, remember we are going to be uh, pairing up with the uh, Tampa Gator Club for a uh, Tampa Gator Club night. Uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning on December 5th at 7 p.m. It's the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Minnesota Wild. Uh, so you can find all of that. We'll tweet out a link here. But you can uh, you can either reach out to Ben Salo at 813-301-6623. Uh, he works with Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, Ben Salo uh, at bsalo at ameliearena.com. Or we'll tweet the link out for you to get tickets. But again, Tampa Gator Night on December 5th. I think we've got the whole family coming uh, to that event. So we have a... Uh, we get a ride on the little Zamboni. We get to do a meet and greet. Get to do a Q and A session. So it's going to be it's going to be a fun time, boys. Speaking of fun times, I forgot to mention this when we were talking earlier today. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to University of Florida. They uh, they invited me to speak uh, to one of their classes today, um, and I killed it, boys. Um, I gave my uh, my very famous presentation um, called "50 Minutes and 50 Slides That That May But Probably Won't Change Your Life." So. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to that class. Uh, it's through the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences. They do this program called Beyond 120. So uh, it's fun to meet all of them. Plugged our podcast a few times. Picked up a few followers, probably a few listeners. So uh, if we spoke today, uh, it was a pleasure and honor to speak with you. Looking forward to doing it again in the future. Dope, man. That's what's dope, up, Dan. Dope. It is to the show, huh? That's what's up. You're like I, a real I, celebrity, bro. You don't get I don't, I don't know. Uh, uh, for real, yeah. I don't know how many people came up to me and, and said, you know, they listen to our show. So, um, dope content, boys. Keep it up. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah man. We got a lot. We got a lot of love out there. Yeah. Um, the cocktail tailgate, bro. A lot of love, man. I appreciate all the Gator fans, man. Y'all, y'all hang out. Y'all support us heavy, and, and you know, we out you a little bit. Yeah, Dan- Daniel. Daniel Dantavius, you know, got a bunch of Dantavius. I had somebody scream Dan. I turned around, and I'm not you, and I'm not a celebrity. You guys are the celebrities on this yeah, podcast. Right. But every once in a while, somebody will say my name. I turned around, and I just kept walking. He screamed it louder. I turned around, and I couldn't see where it was coming from. And then somebody said Dantavius, and then he, like, put his hand in the air, came <laughs> over, took a picture together, all that stuff. I'm like, man, I'm not even famous. You don't need to take a picture of me. But, uh, the fact that Dantavius and I respond to that now is uh, pretty wild time. <laughs> That's <here>. funny. <laughs> oh man! While we close this out, so you got the song right? Absolutely. Uh, I'm gonna take it out with some some Ti, Daz Dillinger, my life. Same corner next week, fellas. Stay with hey, me. Five minute thugs. Already. No show life, nigga. Do as you please. That's right. But you know you fuck up. Yeah. A nigga dash with T.I.'s in a motherfucking house. You know what I mean? It's your life, nigga. Live and die. And can't you see I'm on fire? So quit hating on me, pimping. I'm just living my life. Think I ain't gon' ride. 
Oh no, you pussy niggas trying to put it into my life. You can't do it, don't try. I know you suck up niggas, wish that you was living my life. The white men and I'm fly.
Motherfucker judge slam that goddamn gavel, nigga. That motherfucker case beat, nigga. I match y'all ass, nigga. Mark my motherfucking words, fuck boys. I'm laying low for a reason, pimp. Ha! Fuck niggas.